Chapter 52 of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8. to This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8 to by William Walker, Jr. Chapter 52. Thomas Young, Doctor of Medicine, Fellow of the Royal Society, etc., member of the Institute of France. Born June 13, 1773. Died May 10, 1829. Dr. Thomas Young, celebrated for his universal attainments, was born at Milverton in Somersetshire. He was the eldest of ten children of Thomas and Sarah Young. His mother was a niece of Dr. Richard Brocklesby, a physician of considerable eminence in London. Both of his parents were members of the Society of Friends, and to the tenets of that sect, which recognizes the immediate influence of supreme intelligence as a guide in the ordinary conduct of life, Dr. Young was accustomed in after years to attribute, in no slight degree, the formation of those determined habits of perseverance which gave him the power of effecting any object upon which he was engaged, and by which he was enabled to work out his own education almost from infancy, and with little comparative assistance from others. At the age of two years, Young could read with considerable fluency, and before he was four years old, had read the Bible through twice, and also Watts's hymns. He was likewise from his earliest years in the habit of committing to memory pieces of poetry, in proof of which there exists a memorandum, written by Young's grandfather, on the margin of a copy of Goldsmith's Deserted Village, to the effect that his grandson Thomas had repeated to him the whole poem, with the exception of a word or two, before he was five years old. In 1780, he was placed at a boarding school at Stapleton near Bristol, and here the deficiency of the instructor appears to have advanced the studies of the pupil, as Young now became his own teacher, and used to study by himself the last pages of the book taught almost before he had reached the middle under the eye of the master. In the year 1782, he became an inmate of the school kept by Mr. Thompson at Crompton in Dorsetshire, remaining there nearly four years, during which period he rapidly acquired knowledge upon various subjects. Having commenced the study of botany, he was led to attempt the construction of a microscope, with the assistance of an usher in the school, of the name of Benjamin Martin, in order to examine the plants he was in the habit of gathering. In his endeavors to make the microscope, Young found it necessary to procure a lathe, and for a time, everything gave way to a passion for turning. This was, however, at length succeeded by a desire to become acquainted with the nature of fluxions, and after reading through and mastering a treatise upon this subject, he turned his attention to the study of Hebrew and other Oriental languages. Ultimately, at the age of 14, Thomas Young was more or less versed in Greek, Latin, French, Italian, Hebrew, Persic, and Arabic, and in forming the characters of these languages, had already acquired a considerable portion of that beauty and accuracy of penmanship, which was afterwards so remarkable in his copies of Greek compositions, as well as those subjects connected with the literature of ancient Egypt. A story is related of him that when requested a few years later by a friend of Dr. Brocklesby, who presumed somewhat upon Young's youthful appearance, to exhibit a specimen of his penmanship, he replied by writing a sentence in his best style in fourteen different languages. In 1787, Young was engaged, in conjunction with Mr. Hodgkin, as private tutor to Hudson Gurney, 
grandson of Mr. David Barclay of Youngsbury near Ware in Hertfordshire, and he remained thus occupied during the space of five years, extending his knowledge as far as possible. The number of books he read through at that time was comparatively small, but whatever book he began to read, he read completely and deliberately through, and it was perhaps this determination always to master what he might happen to be engaged on before attempting anything else, which enabled Dr. Young to attain so great knowledge on such various subjects. He himself had little faith in any peculiar aptitude being implanted by nature for any given pursuits. His favorite maxim was that whatever one man had done, another might do, and that the original difference between human intellects was much less than it was supposed to be. In this respect, he resembled his great predecessor Newton and his cotemporary Dalton, both of whom had unbounded confidence in the powers of patient thought. In the autumn of 1792, Thomas Young removed to London in order to study medicine, which profession he had determined to adopt, being greatly influenced in his choice by the wishes of his uncle Dr. Brocklesby. This gentleman had kindly undertaken the charge of his education, and Young was by him introduced to the members of the most distinguished literary circles in the metropolis, including Burke, Drs. Lawrence and Vincent, Sir Joshua Reynolds, Sir George Baker, and others. In the autumn of 1793, he became a pupil at St. Bartholomew's Hospital, and in October 1794 proceeded to Edinburgh, still further to prosecute his medical studies. While residing at Edinburgh, Dr. Young mixed largely in society, began the study of music, took lessons on the flute, and also private lessons in dancing, and frequently attended performances at the theater. From this period, he gave up the external characteristics of the Quakers, and ultimately ceased to belong to their body, although he practiced to the end of his life the general simplicity of their moral conduct. During the year 1795, he commenced a tour on the continent, staying at the University of Göttingen during nine months, in order to prosecute his studies and take a doctor's degree. In February 1797, he came back to England, and was almost immediately after his return admitted a fellow commoner of Emmanuel College, Cambridge. The master of the college, Dr. Farmer, saying as he introduced Young to the fellows, I have brought you a pupil qualified to read lectures to his tutors. In December 1797, Young's uncle, Dr. Brocklesby, died bequeathing to his nephew the sum of ten thousand pounds, besides his house, furniture, and a choice collection of pictures. Dr. Young was now entirely at liberty to form his own scheme of life, and he determined to commence practice as a physician, for which purpose, after having completed his terms of residence at Cambridge, he took a house in Welbeck Street, number 48, which he continued to occupy for five and twenty years. His practice as a physician, although respectable, was never large. He wanted that confidence or assurance which is so necessary to the successful exercise of the profession. He was perhaps too deeply informed, and therefore too sensible of the difficulty of arriving at true knowledge in the science of medicine ever to form a hasty judgment, while his great love of and adherence to truth made him often hesitate where others would have felt no difficulty in expressing an opinion. It was perhaps a happy circumstance for the fame of Dr. Young that this should be the case, as he was thereby enabled to devote a considerable portion of his time to those literary and scientific studies in which so few could compete with him. In 1799, he published his memoir entitled Outlines and Experiments Respecting Sound and Light, which was read before the Royal Society and printed in their transactions. Other papers, 
on the theory of light and colors, followed, which the Council of the Royal Society selected for the Bakerian Lectures. In the year 1801, Dr. Young accepted the office of Professor of Natural Philosophy at the Royal Institution, which had been established the year previously. The conducting of the journal of the institution was also entrusted to his care, in conjunction with his colleague Sir Humphrey Davy, at that time Professor of Chemistry. Dr. Young remained at the Royal Institution two years, during which period he gave a course of lectures on natural and experimental philosophy, a syllabus of which he published in 1802, announcing for the first time his great discovery of the general law of the interference of the undulations of light. His lectures were not, however, popular. They embodied too much knowledge to be intelligible to any considerable portion of his hearers, and the matter was so abundant and the style so condensed that students tolerably versed in science might have found it extremely difficult to follow him in his masterly discussions. Dr. Young had been elected a Fellow of the Royal Society as early as the year 1794, when he had just completed his 21st year. He was now appointed, 1802, Foreign Secretary to the same society, an office which he held during the remainder of his life, and for which he was well qualified by his knowledge of the principal languages of Europe. In 1804, he married Eliza, the daughter of James Primrose Maxwell, of Cavendish Square, and this union is said to have been attended with uninterrupted happiness. His wife, who survived him, left no children. In 1807 appeared his most elaborate and valuable work, a course of lectures on natural philosophy and the mechanical arts, being the embodiment of the sixty lectures delivered while at the Royal Institution, together with the labor of three more years occupied in further arranging and improving them. This work comprises a complete system of natural and mechanical philosophy drawn from original sources and is distinguished not only by the extent of its learning and the accuracy of its statements, but by the beauty and originality of the theoretical principles. It also contains a disquisition upon the doctrine of interference in the undulatory theory of light mentioned before, the general law of which he thus enunciates. When two undulations from different origins coincide, either perfectly or very nearly in direction, their joint effect is a combination of the motions belonging to each. Sir John Herschel, speaking of this discovery, says that it alone would have sufficed to have placed its author in the highest rank of scientific immortality, even were his other almost innumerable claims of such a distinction disregarded. Amongst other laborious and difficult matters of investigation, Dr. Young made the first and most important steps in reading the Egyptian hieroglyphics, in which he preceded Champollion, and he afterwards, in 1823, published a work on this subject, under the title of An Account of Some Recent Discoveries in Hieroglyphical Literature and Egyptian Antiquities, including the author's original alphabet, as extended by Mr. Champollion, with a translation of five unpublished Greek and Egyptian manuscripts. In the year 1808, Dr. Young was admitted a fellow of the College of Physicians, and in 1810 was elected physician to St. George's Hospital, a situation which he retained for the remainder of his life. In 1813, he published An Introduction to Medical Literature, including a system of practical nosology intended as a guide to students and as an assistant to practitioners. In 1816, Dr. Young was appointed secretary to the commission empowered to ascertain the length of the seconds pendulum and thereby establish a uniform system of weights and measures. Two years subsequent to this, he became secretary to the Board of Longitude, and on the dissolution of that body, became sole conductor of the Nautical Almanac. Dr. Young at various times contributed 18 articles to the Quarterly Review, of which nine were on scientific subjects, 
the rest on medicine, languages, and criticism. Between 1816 and 1823, he wrote 63 articles for the supplement to the Encyclopedia Britannica, 6th edition, of which 46 were biographical. In the year 1821, he made a short tour in Italy with his wife, and, in August 1827, was elected one of the eight foreign associates of the Academy of Sciences at Paris, in the place of Volta, who died in 1826. The other competitors for this honor, being the astronomers Bessel and Olbers, Brown the Botanist, Blumenbeck, Leopold von Buch, Dalton, and Plana the Mathematician. Dr. Young's course of life, considered apart from the variety of his occupations, was remarkably uniform. He resided in London from November to June, and at Worthing from July to the end of October, continuing this regular change of residence for 14 successive years. In the year 1826, he removed from his house in Welbeck Street, where he had resided for a quarter of a century, to another in Park Square, which had been built under his own directions and fitted up with great elegance and taste. He continued to live here for the remainder of his life. During the month of February 1829, he began to suffer from what he considered repeated attacks of asthma. His health gradually got worse, but though thus under the pressure of severe illness, nothing could be more striking than the entire calmness and composure of his mind, or could surpass the kindness of his affections to all around him. In the very last stage of his complaint, in an interview with Mr. Gurney, his perfect self-possession was displayed in the most remarkable manner. After some information concerning his affairs, and some instructions concerning the hieroglyphical papers in his hands, he said that perfectly aware of his situation, he had taken the sacrament of the church on the day preceding, that whether he should ever partially recover, or whether he were rapidly taken off, he could patiently and contentedly await the issue. His illness continued, with some slight variations, until the morning of the 10th of May, when he expired without a struggle, having hardly completed his 56th year. The disease proved to be an ossification of the aorta, the large arterial trunk proceeding from the left ventricle of the heart. It must have been in progress for many years, and every appearance indicated an advance of age, not brought on probably by the natural course of time, nor even by constitutional formation, but by unwearied and incessant labor of mind from the earliest days of infancy. His remains were deposited in the vault of his wife's family in the church of Farnborough in Kent. Life of Thomas Young, M.D., etc., by Dr. George Peacock, Dean of Ely, London, 1855. Memoir by Dr. D. Irving, Encyclopedia Britannica, 8th edition. English Cyclopedia, London, 1858. End of chapter 52.